This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Resolute Square. There was also maintained what was called an enemy's list, which was rather extensive and continually being updated. Democrats want Republicans dead. Where I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. No, it's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. <laughs> I'm Rick Wilson. And this is The Enemies List. My guest today on The Enemies List is my old friend Al Cardenas. Al is a guy who, like me, was a part of the Republican infrastructure. He has, was around the party and at, at so many different levels, including being the chairman of the party of the state of Florida in the days when it was was really starting to take power. One of our favorite subjects, that you know, how Republican politics in Florida in particular has changed so radically. Um, with that, Al, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the to the to the enemies list today. And tell us where you see things with the Republican Party uh, in the country right now, and 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 how you see this primary playing out. Oh my, you know, I had uh, obviously, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a long runway, but. Uh, when this thing started, I thought that Governor DeSantis was going to be a, a real challenger to Trump's base. I shouldn't have thought that if I was smart enough, but I, 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 you know, that's what I thought given his, and I was driven primarily by the indicators we used to in the old days go by, right? Money and polling numbers and all that. But I think today's analysis is quite a bit different, and the old indicators are not as indicative. Uh, and so when he launched this effort with all that money, and right after a, a pretty impressive win in Florida, I thought, well, here we go. It's a real horse race. And it didn't take too long to realize that, uh, you know, there's a group of people that were the base of the party, a new base, not the base you and I were used to, that... Uh, you know, comprised of people who were stupid, BSed, or, or, uh, or really not there, like the Quaynon people. And there's no way he was going to break into that crowd uh, if we thought about it carefully enough, and if we, and if we realized how many of them were. And so, you know, can Trump go from thirty percent of the base or thirty-five percent of the base to thirty or twenty-eight? Yeah, but he's not taking any more of that. And then his performance has been so lacking, I mean, Governor DeSantis' performance, that he's lost whatever ground he had. I don't see a way to come back. And so the way I see the Republican primary now, Rick, is that especially if Trump doesn't show up at the debate, is that everybody's going to be shooting to be number two. And so all of a sudden, Ron DeSantis is going to become the target, especially at that debate. And you're going to see Chris Christie and the others who are more aggressive 
uh, begin to hone in on on DeSantis as an interim step. And uh, because, you know, once you make it a two-person race or a three-person race, all the coverage changes, right? And uh, and all of the money changes. Uh, and so yeah, the, the second thing is, I don't know, uh, I guess if the governor is smart enough, I mean, it happened on McCain, uh, you can figure out how not to spend your money and try to endure, but there's no way he's not going to run out of money if he keeps spending money at a clip that he had been spending because, you know, the major donors are, are not going to open their wallet. That's kind of my look at it. So my question is, one, is that there's going to be the post or two? Yeah, and by whom? I don't think anybody's going to take that nomination from Trump at this point. And so you and I better do a good job. <laughs> yeah, we better. <laughs> because, right. you know, I, I think he was always sort of inevitable. Um, and, and there is a question that I've had for a long time about, like, does DeSantis have the 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 skills to do this? I mean, you and I both come out of Bush world. And, and we saw that Jeb, who had been a very, very, very successful governor in Florida, and a very good conservative leader in Florida just didn't have that like thing on the national stage, that mojo on the national stage um, right. that you hate him or not. Trump has, you know, a presence on the stage. Right. And he has two things. He's he's been voted for uh, two election cycles in a row. And if there's one thing people hate is to admit they're wrong. Right. And uh, most people. And so. I think the right. fact that that people have voted for him twice uh, gives him an incentive. There, you know, it's hard for them to, after all the crap they've talked at Thanksgiving dinners, you know, to to roll it back and say, "Well, I, you know, I was wrong." And then the second part of it is people have a penchant to want to belong to a tribe that has been going on since civilization started, right? And so now, for better or for worse, mm -hmm. they feel they're part of Trump's right. They feel they're part of Biden. And so I think those are the two factors that are unlikely to separate Trump's voters from Trump. I think that's I think that's very on point. And 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 look, I mean, like I was saying, you know, we come out of the sort of the Bush world in a lot of ways. You were chairman of the party from ninety nine to two thousand three and forty, and that was a fundamental, pivotal time for the the growth of the party here. And that and I don't think a lot of people realize they always think, oh, Florida's so crazy. We we weren't really when when Jeb and the Republicans were growing so quickly in Florida during your your tenure, it wasn't the the, the, the there was some crazy on the very edges, but it wasn't as much of the QAnoners and the conspiracy theory people and all the real nuts driving the party. And those people just love Trump. They they're they're not gonna walk away from that, right? I mean, they're they're just right. locked into that. Well, in the party, you know, when I was chairman, we had about 10, 15 percent of the crazies, right, on the committees, because, you know, to to be a volunteer and spend all your time on something takes a special personality. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, I had uh, I had folks on committees who would handle complaints. And as I said, people are tribal. Nobody wants to get kicked out of anything. And so that helped me keep people at bay. But now that 10% of crises is 90% of most executive committees. And so, you know, there's been a, and, and, you know, it's a combination of factors. Now they've been trying hard to get on, on the committees, uh, Trump supporters. And number two, those who are not that way, uh, don't want to be involved in that toxic atmosphere. So they leave. And so that's where we are. But, uh, you and I never pressed it 
uh, as much as people uh, pursue, we've never we've never been present to an atmosphere when one person totally takes over the party at grassroots no. like this guy no. has. Sure. I mean, look, even when Jeb or Rick Scott was governor, there were plenty of different factions of people who had different interests and they weren't. And 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 the, at the base, voters were not like, you know, oh, my God, I'll set myself on fire if you don't do everything for yeah. Jeb or Rick or whoever. All right. They and certainly not for Charlie. Um but with Trump, it is sort of that, like, if you don't, if you don't back him, we're going to abandon the party. It's like, he's, he's almost got like a suicide pact with right. these people. Well, it's a tribe and a cult, it whatever is. you want to call it. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's the, uh, I don't think it's the majority of the party at, at this point, but it's a controlling aspect of the party because they, uh, sure. they're, they're that way. And, uh, and so we'll see, uh, you know, the, uh, how this, how this thing is rearranged, uh, Rick, uh, you may have better instincts than I do, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Trump is our nominee, and at this point I think he is, and if he loses, which at this point I hope that's the case, uh, we'll see how long people are willing to mm-hmm. stand in line for me. Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really big question, I think. One of the questions that somebody, uh, when I was doing some prep for the show— you know, we were talking about like when you were chairman and for a long time, we worked really hard in Florida to, to win over um, Hispanic voters in the state. They're a crucial aspect of of any coalition in the state. It seems like that that the Democrats in the state sort of walked away from them. And I think it's one of those questions that that Democrats really need to ask themselves, like, how do we fix this problem? Well, here's their uh, look. When we were able to gain the majority. Uh, yes, we had an effort which uh, superseded the Democrats' effort in fundraising and activity and volunteer mm-hmm. work and in recruiting people that were electable in those districts. But it would have right. never happened had the Democrats not been in a downfall all on their own. Uh, mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. remember, you know, the Democrats, you know, with uh, with majorities could pass a couldn't pass a, uh, a congressional or legislative uh, map, right? And so we right, took it right. to the courts and things changed and made it more advantageous. That's bad on them. I mean, that was, a, I think, one of the beginning efforts of their decline. The second is, uh, yeah. you know, not dealing with middle America, Florida, and forgetting that Florida is comprised of mm-hmm. three geographies, right? The 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 hardcore conservatives, oh, yes. you know, Midwestern uh, moderates and, and South Florida's uh, minority communities. And so they uh, they didn't take care of all yep. three communities. They lost their, but I would say Democrats were as responsible as we were for our ascendancy and our majority. And now, if you look at what's going on now and what the legislature is passing, what DeSantis is doing, you would think that Democrats would be rolling it in. But I, you know, they don't have resources. They don't have a bench. They're not doing well in recruiting. They're recruiting people. They're not bad people, but they're not the right people for the districts they're recruiting them for. And so, you know, they, they've lost the fact that they need to win with moderates, uh, center-left people in certain districts, but that's not the people they're supporting. And I've seen it time and time again. And so, you know, whether or not yeah. Democrats can put Florida in play again, it's more up to them than to anything else. We're giving them the leeway to do that, but they don't seem to be taking advantage of it. 
Right. If the opportunity is there, they just need to convert on it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You know, you mentioned something twice now, and I think it's really important we talk about that for a second about Florida, is picking the right candidates for the right districts. And that was one thing the Republicans in the pre-Trump era, we were very good at finding people. You know, if it was a South Florida person, they were going to be from the right community. They were going to have the right values. They were going to be, you know, if it was a more moderate place like Palm Beach, they were going to be maybe pro-choice even. We didn't, we didn't, right. we wanted the majority. We didn't just want like a, 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 a you know, a cookie cutter. But now the, de- the, you're right. I think the Democrats really have to work on that, like finding the right people for the right seat. That really was part of the secret sauce when you were chairman and, and during the time that the Republicans were growing so fast in Florida? Well, you know, now we've, we've got living proof. The uh, you know, Probably Florida's map is going to have to be redone based on the Supreme Court's decision. Uh, Democrats mm-hmm. will have a chance at one right. more seat, maybe two, but in the state legislature, quite a few. And frankly, mm-hmm. there are probably seven or eight seats in the state legislature that Republicans won in 2022. Uh, and that that are easily winnable back. But if you start looking at who they're recruiting, mm-hmm. you say to yourself, you know, those people may not be bad people, but I don't see the match with the districts they're being recruited for. And because you have now a nucleus of leadership right. in the Democrat Party that's not center left, but really left, uh, they're picking people who fit their own profiles or their own interests rather than people who are elective. I think. You know, I'm looking at the Democrats. I'm saying, boy, what a wasted opportunity to regain a number of uh, seats and become competitive again. You know, again, the Democratic Party, as you point out, there's a lot of different Democratic parties in the state. South Florida Democrats are very, very, very different than everybody north of I-4. Um, and, and so right. I, I think that's very, very on point. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about how the party changed here and how Trump is sort of dominating the party and and I, I go back again because you know we're we're both from Bush World in the in the in the before times as I like right. to say. I think you agree probably it's going to take a a complete like nuclear meltdown of MAGA and to take to bring back that kind of Republican Party, which I think is sort of where we're both from. Yeah, the uh, without a doubt. I mean, I I think under current leadership, uh, cultural wars will pre will be predominant, and the things that we used to talk about issues that made a difference in Florida or not. I mean, one of the reasons we, we want is people liked what we had to say more than what they had to say. Um, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> that's the case. One of the things that really, uh, and, and I'm dumping on Democrats, but trying to help them out in some way. Right. One of Tough the, love. <laughs> uh, one of the things that really concerns me is, look, we're taking positions, the Republican legislature, that are not necessarily popular with the average voter in Florida. Uh, you know, such as immigration, such right. as, you know, higher uh, hourly wages, things that today in Florida resonate, right? 
And now the Democrats, what do they do? They get back into a culture war. All they want to talk about is abortion. All they want to talk about, I mean, they're matching us step for step in cultural wars rather than making a difference by taking positions on issues that they that the people of Florida will be more favorable to them than to us. This censorship stuff, this stuff that's going on in higher education, that falls right in the lap of the Democrats. But you think, you know, what are they doing? Instead of talking more globally about yeah. it, okay, yeah, so it's, you know, the rights of, you know, those with different sexual persuasions and all that. I'm, I'm all for that, but but that's not where the voters are. The voters are for censorship. The voters are for letting universities educate. The voters are for stuff that you should be talking about, not just fighting the cultural wars with the Republicans step by step. And so I, I just think that the Democrats are led by primarily by a philosophical group that's not representative of middle Florida. And that's part of their challenge. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it's like if I were the Democrats, if I were advising them, I would be beating the doors down on rent and housing prices that are through the roof. I'd be beating yeah. the doors down on on property insurance, the crisis of property insurance and the climate crisis we're having. I mean, you, you're down there in the heartbeat of where where if we have a major storm or climate crisis uh, stuff. The, it, you're going to be at, like the, on the front line of that. And I think there are millions of Floridians who are in that same spot where, I mean, Ron DeSantis better pray to heaven there's not a bad storm this year because we are not ready. And it's, an, it's an issue, and, I think, if the Democrats were smart, they would be converting on that. And, you know, the crisis is going to be augmented by the fact that thousands of Floridians now, based on the cost of property insurance, have to choose between losing their home and going naked on property insurance. So the costs are right. going to be the same, but now the costs to the homeowners are going to be disproportionately higher. And uh, boy, if I was a Democrat, I'd run just on that, just as you said. I mean, it's really impacting every Floridian. It's, it's, it, really, it really is. It really is. So, but well, Al, thank you so much for joining us on the enemies list today. I really appreciate your time. It's been great to catch up on a little bit of like where we've been, where we're going. And, yeah. uh, you know, as, as this race continues to progress on, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Me too. Me too. I'd love to spend a little more time on the presidential options with you when we have some more time. We, we, as, as the field clarifies, we're going to have you back because as always, <laughs> Florida will be the big battleground. We'll Thanks again for listening to The Enemies List. If you have any comments, questions, or if there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, hit me up on Twitter at TheRickWilson. Thanks again for the wonderful support you've shown the pod. We're growing fast. It really helps if you will share this with your friends, your family, and anyone else who, like us, is trying to save democracy. While you're at it, if you could rate and review the podcast, I would be very much appreciative. I know this is the sort of thing you've heard a billion times. Please rate, review, like, blah, blah, blah. But you need to do it. It really does help us a lot. We are slaves to the algorithm, my friends. And if you do this, it will help get the pod out further. Anyway, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.